0: Hi, my name's
1: Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy.
0: Of the dark side. If you will not fight, then you will meet your destiny.
1: Dobby has no master. Dobby is a
2: free elf. And Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his
0: friends. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style?
2: I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog,
1: too. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Carenza. How are you today? I'm pretty good, Kimmy.
2: You are listening to The Girls on Film here at Radio Cameron and we are back for 2023. Good afternoon and what a beautiful afternoon it is. It's so wonderful to be back in the studio after such a long break. We have had a long break Kimmy, we've had a very long break. Actually three months to be precise but we're back with a vengeance and back with a bang and oh my goodness me, now I, I hear that
1: you've been filling your face with popcorn at the movies Kim. I have, I went and saw Empire of Light this week and it was a wonderful film, I loved it. Although the person that i went with fell asleep and didn't feel (laughs) that's not quite the same way but uh it's look it was in europa so it it was one of those little yeah it wasn't like a big blockbuster and i think that's what she was aiming for but you know i like those little offbeat kind of numbers that are in the europa cinema so while you've been filling your face with popcorn can i tell you i've been filling mine with champagne
2: at the world premiere of the um australian drama um
1: over on binge love me kimmy yeah, well, I was there along with you. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> and we did have a lot of champagne. It was lovely, and a lot of lovely little canapes. So, um, yeah, it was a lovely night. So, we've got a lot of things to share with you. So, we might we've got
2: a couple of some movies, some great movies. But let's start. Should we start with the um, world premiere of season two of um, Love Me Over on binge? Why not? It was such a great night. Let's it talk a, about it. A great night and a great show. Let's have a listen to the trailer for season two.
0: Some people find a way to let love live alongside their fear. I've never been able to do that. I'm still no good at it.
1: I just always thought I'd end up with someone like you. It's why I waited for so long. I'm, I'm
0: four days late. Are you serious? I'm sorry. I'm not ready. Are you you having an affair? It's important we find our own places separately. I'm just starting to get the hang of this. I don't think that I want to. Maybe things would be better if you saw somebody else. Your life is a fucking disaster. And I love helping you because I'm very wise. You're not a child, you're a father. You can't run away from that.
1: But you don't care? Oh, can. of course I
0: care. It's what he does, he runs.
2: You might be able to live in the sunshiny moment and hope everything's going to work
0: out. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm tired.
2: Oh, there you go. That's the trailer for season two of Love Me, which you can uh, see from the 9th of April over on Binge. Now, before we talk about the show, Kim, let's talk a bit about the world premiere because that was a very great invitation to go along to the Como Centre here in Melbourne to see the world premiere of season two, where there were obviously some incredibly special guests. We got to see a preview of um, the, f- the first um, episode, drink some mm. Champagne, but also
1: talk to some of the stars of the show. That's right. And we, we talked at length with uh, Kim Gingell, who most of you would remember as Colm Carpenter. You were very excited by that conversation. Um, Yeah, back in the comedy company days. uh, He was a lovely man. And uh, for those of you who watched uh, season one, he comes in on the very last episode, I believe. And he also comes back in on the first episode of season two, which we were um, uh, privileged to see, which was absolutely fantastic. And it looks like it's going to be a ripper of a season. Well, let's have a look. So, it is an Australian drama
2: series. It's the very first, did you know, original um, um, homemade show for Binge, actually, Kimmy, here in Australia. Set in Melbourne. Um, And Love Me is a story about love, loss, and relationship complexity for the father, who is, of course, played Mm -hmm. by Hugo Weaving. That's right. His daughter and his son. Um, And triggered by the death of their disabled mother, Kev, who who basically Hugo Weaving's father had cared for um, at the family home for many years, the three stumble forward in their lives, eventually finding themselves and each other. Or so we're led to believe. So season one was phenomenal and uh, season two was announced in June
1: 2022 um, and will be premiering pretty much right after Easter. Mm, Absolutely. And um, Heather Mitchell we also met on the red carpet. She is lovely. And the chemistry between her and Hugo Weaving um, is is quite incredible. And it's really nice to see an older couple in a really romantic kind of way that doesn't get shown a lot, you know, in the lead characters. No. Enough. It doesn't get shown enough. that's true. Let's have a listen to what she had to say, actually, Kim, about playing this role. Okay
2: with all those opportunities across stage and film, why Love Me? Why did, you, why did you choose to make this show with us? Well, there is nothing else being offered.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it is interesting when people ask you, why did you do something? Because rarely as an actor are there things to choose between. <laughs> and when something is offered, um, you immediately take it very seriously, obviously. And when this was offered, um, firstly, it was an offer which was wonderful. But as soon as I heard the people involved, I immediately, before I even read the script, I said, oh, I want to be part of that. And then when I read the script, I just couldn't believe what a gift it was. And then when I read the character more in more detail, I was just really excited to work on something which was so intimate, sort of intimate relationships, which I really love um, working on, I love working on intimate
0: relationships.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. That was um that was her insight, Kimmy, into the role that she played. And of course she plays Hugo Weaving's older lover and mm. there are some twists and turns in this series because you know we certainly get to see that you know we thought they might have had their happily ever after at the end of season one but there's a strange new character has appeared and there seems to be some rocky mm. waters
1: ahead for them, some yeah. dramas. well if season um, two premiere the first episode was anything to go mm. by I think we're in for a bit of a treat um, Another person we met on the night was Deborah Lawrence who's Pippa from Home and Away. Oh no, of course I'm British I adored Home and Away. So when I saw her,
2: Kim, I was so excited. I'm screaming in your ear. It's Pippa. Look, it's Pippa. I look like a terrible fangirl.
1: Yeah, well, she's coming into season two as well. And funnily enough, she enters the jungle on I'm a Celebrity. Get me out of here tonight as well. So that should be very interesting uh, TV, um, which I'm certainly going to tune in for. But look, it this was such a wonderful um, uh, series of season one. I just can't wait to start watching season two. And look, it's certainly been nominated
2: for many awards. In the 2022 Australian TV Week Logie Awards, it had nominations for Most Outstanding Actor, Most Outstanding Drama Program, Most Outstanding Drama Series, Most Outstanding Supporting Actress um, as well, and the uh, Graham Kennedy's
1: Most Popular New Talent. Mm. And well, a Bo- lot. That's right. Well, Bojana uh, Novakovich, I think is how you say her name. She was outstanding as the lead in this, uh, civil, well, one of the leads because there are, there are numerous leads, aren't there? Are, there are, and look, I mean, of course, we've got
2: the return of people like Celia Pacwa as well, oh, who is absolutely hilarious. Beautiful. And we caught a bit of a conversation with her as well, actually, on the um, red carpet, Kimmy. Are you, are you bra- brave enough to have a listen to what Celia said because she actually gets to write some of the episodes of this show too? Very well. It was a good interview. It was a good. Let's have a listen. And um, there is a language warning for this one too.
0: Recommend it because you're like, oh fuck, but I don't like that. It's really you don't
2: want to overhear actors being like, who the fuck wrote this thing? This is bullshit.
0: No one talks like that. So it was quite tense in that respect. Whenever we were filming
2: an episode that I knew was mine, so I was. Um,
0: but uh, I loved it. For me, it was a really, really great, a wonderful opportunity. And again, not to go, but you know, I felt very supported
1: at binge and by Brian to come in and be a writer. Um, it's a huge opportunity for me to write on someone else's show and to write on a drama. I really love loved um, being able to be in that room and have a crack at it and uh, I really, really loved the, the process and obviously gave myself all the best lines and um, <laughs> you'll notice
2: my character this season just kissing lots of hot dudes, <laughs> playing with puppies. <laughs> it's
1: really it's Fantastic, yes, Celia well, Piper It uh, definitely uh, does come across on that. But what I think I, I love
2: about this, Kim, is it's an Australian drama. It is. It's made in Melbourne Wonderful. in our beautiful city. Um, fantastic Australian actors and, you know, writers. Like Celia said, it was a great opportunity to be given you know to to Mm -hmm. write some episodes on a great australian drama i loved season one yeah and certainly from what i've seen for the premiere first episode of season two it's nothing is plain sailing. there's going to be lots of trials and tribulations for this family the dramas are going to continue and I personally can't wait to tune in and see the rest of season two
1: well I'm just um really really happy that they're showcasing so much of our Australian talent on TV especially on um these streaming networks um it's really good for those Wentworth fans out there to see uh Nicole De Silva coming into series two as well Uh, most of you will know her as Frankie from Wentworth um but also Bob Morley uh, who was a real star of Home and Away back in the day, uh, also is really good as one of the leads in this, in both Series 1 and 2. So if you haven't watched Series 1, get yourself into that. Right so, now before yep. Season 2 starts on the 6th of April. That's right. And not
2: only is it great Australian actors, Kim, it's great Australian music as well. And uh, this is Julia Stone and they feature her music right throughout this season as well. And I want to know what love is.
0: Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy,
1: and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy.
2: There you go there, Julia Stone, I want to know what love is. You are listening to the Girls on Film here on Radio Carom. Kim, we've got a score um, out of five. Our votes for that fabulous um, TV show there, uh, Love Me, over on Binge Starts
1: Season two starts on the 6th of April. What are your scores for this one? Well, for season two, obviously we haven't seen it yet, but we have uh, had a bit of a taste in watching the first episode. But going along from that, as well as season one, uh, I'm going to give it five stars and I just can't wait for the rest of the series. I'm going to give it a four and a half stars as
2: mm. well. Pretty good show. Very good. Yeah, I can't wait to see season two begin. And as so the whole series lands over on Binge on the 6th of April for you to go and watch. Now, Kim, you have been,
1: as we said earlier, stuffing your face <laughs> at the movies. I can't, you love to say that every I don't know, week, don't I you? believe In actual fact, I didn't have any popcorn, correctly. How many chock tops? <laughs> oh, okay. I had one of those, maybe. So you've been to see The Empire of Light. Yes. And I wanted to see this. I was excited to hear your I don't think it's your, your cup of review. tea. Uh, it was definitely definitely my cup of tea, uh, but uh, I don't think it's yours. So let's listen to the trailer and see what you think.
0: Look around you. This whole place is for people who want to escape, people who don't belong anywhere else. How do you feel? I do feel a bit numb, I suppose. The world is changed. You can't reverse it. Another world Happy New Year! You can't just give up Don't let them tell you what you can or can't do All these people
1: I'm the only one
0: who knows the truth, do you understand me? I'm the only one! Hillary, please open the door. Here's to the future. Here's to getting back up. Here's the coming home.
1: What a great trailer. Now this show is very it's 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 a real artistically kind of uh, compiled drama And it's very dark And it's also a little bit slow So as I said I don't think it's your cup of tea I know you love uh, Olivia Colman As do I I do She is one of the most Brilliant actresses Of our time uh, And she certainly Doesn't let us down In this show um, She plays a woman Who actually works At a, a movie theatre what, what what better thing to do Than What's better than Basically going to the theatre Is actually watching a show About a movie theatre Which was just wonderful And, and uh, It's called Empire of Light Because I um, Empire is the the name of this uh, the cinema. Oh, okay,
2: like a um, cinema and the theatre.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, she plays a, a woman who works at the theatre. She's the manager there or or, or the assistant manager, um, and uh, she has major mental health. Although she's recently come back to work after an episode, and she's uh, she's been medicated um, on lithium and and whatever. But she is a schizophrenia. Uh, a schizophrenic uh, behind the scenes so um, it's a very dark film because it, it not only does it travel into her illness but it also um, it, it showcases um, uh, racism uh, it, back in the 80s when um, you know the punks and everything were around and and there was a lot of racist um, uh, you know People in in that era, and it was it was really sad because there's a young man uh, played by Michael Ward who's a newcomer, and he uh, comes to the cinema as a ticket holder, uh, as a ticket you know people that give out the tickets and sell the tickets, and he um, is. You know, racially abused a lot uh, by by you know the patrons that come in there, and he you know has to stand back and actually cop it a little bit um, because back in the day that's just how it was, and they had to get on on with it. Uh, but they Olivia Coleman's um, character and his character strike strike up a friendship, which turns into a sexual relationship. And there's a massive age difference between the two, so it's kind of hard to watch at times. Um, meanwhile, prior to that, she's already she's been having an affair with a married, the married boss, who is played by um, Colin Firth. That's right, and it's funny because he really does take a backseat in this in this um, uh, show, and uh, he's normally at the forefront of every picture we see because I absolutely adore him, and he's not a very likable character in this actually, but he's a really really um, solid, um, you know. Ca- he's, it's a solid character that he plays. So, yeah, I I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this film, Carenza. Um, it's based in London, uh, on, on in the beach side. So, it was nice to see back in your hometown. <laughs> it's true, actually. And it's been nominated as well. So, at the 80th Golden Globe
2: Awards, Kimmy, the film was nominated for the Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, obviously, for She Olivia was nominated Coleman. for
1: an Oscar as well. It was also nominated for, for uh, Best Film and Cinematography, not Best Film, sorry, Cinematography from Memory. But, yeah. Yes. And they did. They have they've
2: um it they won the nomination for the best cinematography at the ninety fifth Academy Awards Yes, because yeah. yes, it was um, it was brilliantly done. And in the Golden Globes as well, as you said, the, the young man that, that plays her her lover mm-hmm. um receives a nomination as well for the best actor in a supporting role too. Yeah. Um, but you're right, it does. It it tackles um themes of I guess racism. And of course it was um Directed, written, and co-produced, of course,
1: by mm. Sam Mendes. Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? And uh, not to forget that Toby Jones was also in it. He played he played the projectionist, uh, which is why it's Empire of Light. So he did, you know, the the lighting on the film, which um, Michael Ward starts to really get into because uh, he loves that aspect of, of the theatre. So, um, but it also it's really interesting because it's a really old, dilapidated theatre, and um, the higher floors are completely uh, like the, the The first floor is beautiful. It's like the Regent type, very old, beautiful, beautiful um, cinema or or theater. But then upstairs, it's a dilapidated mess. It used to be a ballroom and everything back in the sixties, and I'm sure it was so majestic. Um, And that's where they have their um, their rendezvous and their affairs thoughts on the film stars that you might give this one look i loved the performances uh by everyone they were just superb um the show was a little slow in parts uh although i love that i, I like just to cruise through a film um and i'm not perturbed by you know uh perturbed by silence or anything like that in a film um i think i will give this a Three and a half, three and a half stars there you have it so which is a good score it is a good score. It's a very yeah. good score. So the Empire of Light in cinemas now, mm-hmm. it's... Um, it's it, look, it it's didn't come out, uh, you know, in like most... No, it was limited release uh, and a slow release. Um, so it didn't come out at every cinema. Hence, it's at, you know, the places Palais like and the and Palace cinemas. Um, yeah, like the Como and yes. the Kino and those type of things. And also at Europa. So it's not mainstream cinemas. Okay, well, let's listen to some music. So the soundtrack, you've gone with Bob Dylan. I have. Look, there weren't many songs in here that really uh, grabbed me, but I'm a massive Bob Dylan fan, so uh, of course I chose him.
2: It's all right, Ma, Uh, Bob Dylan. You're listening to the Girls on Film here on Radio Karen.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Floyd Gomes, uh, a.k.a. Atticus Health with Dr. Floyd, you might recall. And it's great to be here at Radio Karam.
0: Don't worry about a thing Cos Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash (laughs) Keeping you up at night (laughs) Don't worry About about a thing thing. Don't worry (laughs) Cause Atticus Health Will make (laughs) you feel alright
2: Atticus Health will indeed make you feel all right. You are listening
1: to Radio Karim. This is the Girls on Film. Kim, welcome back. Yes, hi, Karim. So it's so nice to be here on a sunny Sunday uh, outside. Um, are The players playing football for our local team, the Karim Patterson Lakes. It's a
2: beautiful, beautiful
1: day and uh, we are checking out some great movies and we have been to
2: watch the Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody.
1: Well, we did. We watched that, but we also watched the doco straight after just to compare, but not that we're doing that today, but we can talk about it. (laughs) We can indeed. So let's have a listen to the trailer for the Whitney Houston
2: epic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is in all of the cinemas basically now. Ah!
0: Special guest in the audience tonight: legendary record executive Mr. Clive Davis. My voice is gone. What? You start the show tonight. No talking back. I'm your mother. There's a boy I know. He's the one I dream of. What's your name again? Whitney Elizabeth Houston. It's the one how will I know he really loves me? My dream. Sing what I want to sing, be how I want to be. I say it with every heartbeat. We as big an audience as I can. How will I know? A common criticism of you, your music isn't black enough. Look, I don't know how to sing black and I don't know how to sing white either. I know how to sing. Woo! I might have just heard the greatest voice of her generation. Maybe. Maybe. It's got to have a hook. A hook? Yeah.
2: I'll give it a hook. <laughs> there you go, the trailer there for I Want to Dance with Somebody. The, um, I guess the, the life of um, Whitney Houston. Um, and it's an American, I guess, biographical musical drama. Now, this has been sanctioned by the family and given the tick of approval.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it's based on the life and career of. American singer and actress Whitney Houston. Now the far the film stars Naomi Aki, who what plays a performance. Whitney Houston, yeah. And your favourite as well, Stanley Tucci. Oh, I love as well. him And it really follows the the whole I guess, as I said, it's an authorised biopic. Mm-hmm. So it follows the story of Whitney's I suppose, discovery and rise and then fall and fall in her life and, and all the things that kind of happened and went along the way. And so I think the film starts, we meet a young Whitney singing in the church in the gospel choir and you see the relationship that she has with her mother and father. She's quite a happy the,
1: kid around that time, yeah. You know, or she comes across as that. And
2: mm. look, I mean, the, the film actually tackled in some ways i think some of the key themes in her life so it certainly
1: tackled you know the the rumors around is whitney gay not gay the relationship that Mm. she had at the time the, the that's a really strong relationship she had with robin i mean that was probably Robin the, Crawford, yeah, that's the, right. probably the strongest relationship she ever had um you know uh, not to, to say that you know she it wasn't real with bobby brown but i think that um with robin she was the only one that really had her back and they were in a sexual relationship for a long time until she um she met bobby and and chose him basically yeah, and it's a really um, – it's an interesting take, I think, on um,
2: on Whitney's life, you know, and, and it certainly tells her life through song, you know, and the mm. music's incredible. And, um, you know, I guess as with um, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, a lot of the music that's used is real music. It's the real yeah. music from the artists themselves, yeah. you know. So the music you hear is Whitney Houston predominantly. Well,
1: yeah, and look, watching it last night, we were saying this woman, if she's singing this, it is as great as Whitney Houston. But when we looked it up, it actually was – Whitney Houston, and she was uh, lip syncing. Which, what a performance! Just to, with that oh. on its own to give the breaths that Whitney took and everything—it yes. was incredible. Yeah, and
2: I think you get a real insight into into the life. But it's it's my view is the story, you know, is is told through her music, and mm. it's fabulous. If you love her music, you will love this. But I think I felt a bit disappointed because there was an opportunity for this film to really go into i guess whitney spiral into drugs yeah and what happened like the documentary did. yeah yeah like the documentaries and things yeah about they played dampen. it
1: safe i read an article about them playing it a bit safe yeah i think
2: they have and i think they, they missed the opportunity to tell that darker side of her story you know for people to i think to really understand you know here she was the, the greatest talent the single biggest female selling artist of all time i mean mm-hmm. she had consecutive seven consecutive number one tracks kim that beat Elvis Presley, and The, the Beatles, Beatles,
1: yeah, you know, like have, and still the the highest grossing female artist, artist of all time, of
2: all time, which is yeah. quite incredible. And you know, there's this woman who has seemingly everything. Goes on to star mm. in the blockbuster Who didn't see, you know, The Bodyguard, oh. and how many people who they didn't are going to go back and out and watch The Bodyguard yeah. after seeing this biopic? You know, who had it all. um to ultimately, I think she was discovered at 21 and then at 48, 27 years later, she's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of that stand to the industry and I guess the way that people are seen and treated and the things that they're given, but also how they are um, uh, taken
1: advantage of. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, her mum was a singer and uh, they went through five different Foster care homes, or or whatever it was, five different homes, um, while they were growing up as children, because the mum was always on the road herself, backing up Aretha Franklin. And uh, among others, and Dionne Warwick, of course. Uh, yeah, 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 That's right. So, um, yeah, the life on the road uh, wasn't wasn't real flash for them either. So, but then again, funnily enough, Whitney didn't have care. It didn't depict this in the uh, in this movie, but it certainly does in the documentary that Whitney never, ever, ever had care of Bobby Christina Brown. So her own daughter. Uh, her own daughter. So yeah.
2: there's this this cycles that perpetuate and continue to exist because I mean this was a, this was a girl who you know came from the hood, grew up in the hood, grew up yeah. in the roughest part. She you know. was a
1: rough kid, and she was she she wasn't the princess that no. the the media portrayed her. That's what they built her into.
2: And and I think from a very very young age, you know, her and her brothers were using drugs again from a really oh. young age. But there was this kid with this most incredible voice, and yeah, discovered at 21, 27 years later, um, as you know the story, she passed away in her bath and th- with a i guess a a verdict um in the coroner's court of accidental drowning whilst um, intoxicated on um, illicit substances yeah tragic life and and look i loved the film i loved the film because i mean whitney houston's music is fabulous Mm -hmm. you know I, i really enjoyed it but to me it was um it was a too nice a too sanitized take on what really her
1: life was and I think I I would go back and watch tell people to watch the documentary because it gives a real insight into what Whitney was really like I think and she wasn't the nice person I think that everyone made her out to be I'm certainly not a fan of her as a person I'm definitely a fan of her music I just Um, think this the film had the opportunity to tell the true story, the real story,
2: and and to, to really kind of delve into that yeah, decline and agree. use of drugs and what happened in her life and you know I mean what drove that you know and the abuse as a child all mm-hmm. of those things an opportunity to, to tell that story and I think that it that it's a sanitized version yeah it's a great one to go and see um, if you love her music you'll love it because the music is utterly spectacular yeah um, the the acting is brilliant mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant but for me it's oh. Uh, uh, i left a bit disappointed so it's it's probably a three and a half stars for me because i wanted something deeper i wanted the the whole story and i felt i didn't get the whole story
1: yeah i'm i'm going to go with you with the three and a half because i felt the same way and and we i'd already seen the documentary but we decided to watch the documentary after it it had finished and um you know the the movie was based wholly pretty much on that documentary for half the film and then it kind of just went into the softness of of, and played everything down after that because because in the documentary it got quite ugly uh, I'd give the documentary five I know we're not scoring or, or doing that today but if you can go out and watch the documentary yeah, I you think can it see was, that on Stan yeah on Stan I think it's 2018 I think it was done mm. maybe 19 and interesting enough that was also a sanctioned documentary because actually Bobby Brown chats on that
2: as yeah. well as her brothers too yeah. And yeah, although many he refuses friends.
1: to talk about the drug usage um, but, you but you know I think he gets a bad rap kind of look I'm not condoning anything he does because he's a he's you know not a very nice person either however you know Whitney was a drug user well before he came on the scene but
2: I think the point he was making in the documentary is she's much more than someone who ended up becoming a drug addict oh, absolutely and I, I think agree. that's the point he was making it's yeah and so it, don't get me wrong three stars it's a really good film but it feels too nice and it feels too good and I don't think that's the life that she lived. No. Did you give it three or three and a half? I gave it three and a half. Yeah, I thought so. So um, we've got a so many songs to pick from, but uh, I chose um, I Have Nothing, which is, of course, one of the ending songs yeah. at the Bodyguard. Um, but, of course, did you know that, you know, um, the the big hit is still the single highest selling song of all time. Yes. The, uh, the, the Dolly Parton yes. original. Yes, yes. I will always I will love, love you. Always love you. Yep. But this is I Have Nothing, Whitney Houston, um, I Want to Dance with Somebody. It's in the cinema right now go and see it Um, the the way she holds her notes in this song is just incredible outstanding and if you don't know who Whitney Houston is it's definitely a film to see it's a film to watch Uh, you are listening to
1: the girls on film here on Radio Caram. I don't think they'd be living on this planet if they didn't know who she was
2: very true
0: All my colors for you. Take my love. I'll never ask for too much. Just all that you are and everything that you do. I don't really need to look very much further. I have to go where you don't follow, I will hold it back again, this passion inside, can't run from myself, there's no way
2: Totally, utterly brilliant there, Whitney Houston. And I have nothing. And you are listening to The Girls on Film here on Radio Caram. And we're going to bring it home, Kimmy, today with one of your Oscar-nominated movies, I believe. You've been to the movies to see another Oscar-nominated film?
1: I have, I have Look, I've, I figured, you know, with the Oscars on recently that I would stick with the theme. Um, it is currently showing although I think it's just gone across to Stan. Um, but yeah The Banshees of Inner Sharon uh, they label it as a black tragic comedy, which I would tend to agree with but are we going to, got the trailer there and maybe you can decide for yourselves
0: Carl and Sonny Larry didn't you and he used to be the best of friends? We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? Sit somewhere else. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. Well, you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more. Did you like me yesterday. Why does he not want to be friends with you no more? Why is he 12? What the hell's going on with you me feckin' brother? He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. The other night, two hours, you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day. Well, it wasn't me little donkey shite, it was me pony shite, which shows how much you were listening. If you don't stop talking to me... Colin! And if you don't stop bothering me, I have a set of shears at home. And each time you bother me from this day on, I'll take those shears and I'll take one of my fingers off with them and I'll give that finger to you until I have no fingers left. Does this make things clearer to you? Not really, no. Starting from now. But shush like, Parry. You know, shush like. Yeah, I'd shush like. Would you not want him to have to do the one finger to see if he was bluffing like? No, we wouldn't. Because
1: worse comes to worse, he can still play the fiddle with four fingers, I bet you.
0: Going back to your own gang now, Parry. And talking to me, are you? Why aren't you talking to Parry no mom That wouldn't be a sin now, would it, Father? No, but it's not very nice either, is it? Do you know who we remember for how nice they was in the 17th century? Who? Absolutely no one. Yeah, we all remember the music of the time. Everyone to a man knows Mozart's name. I don't, so there goes that theory. We call it quits. We call it the start.
1: Okay, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. I didn't really get the point of this film. Look, it was very well acted um in fact colin farrell was in it with, along with brendan gleason both brilliant actors and colin farrell won the golden globe for best actor for this film but he he obviously didn't win the oscar but um i think he also won a bafta as well but it was just such a dark dark comedy drama um so it centers around uh, the two friends played by colin farrell and brent Brendan Gleeson as I said before uh, they they live on a remote fictional island off the coast of uh, Ireland somewhere Um, and they've been lifelong friends and drinking buddies in their local pub uh, for forever you know, they grew up together, although I do think Brendan might be a little bit older, but um, there's nothing to do on this island except for – and I don't even know what they both do uh, for work, to be honest with you, because that was never depicted in, in any shape or form other than, you know, herding a couple of sheep. Um, but, look, the, the the friendship comes to an abrupt halt when um, one of the friends, played by Brendan Gleeson, decides that he doesn't want the friendship anymore, he feels that uh, Colin Farrell's, um, you know um, – character or character is boring um and and he decides he wants to concentrate on his music and, and not that he's he's a fiddler uh not that he's a famous one or anything and um and that's it uh but colin farrell's having none of that or or the the um the character that he plays is having none of it so um as you heard in the trailer uh his mate says i'm going to chop off all my fingers basically if you come and talk to me anymore and it centers around that and it's very very dark so um yeah look it's got a very dark ending Kim, it, hasn't it? It's really got a very, does very very dark it ending. really does
2: i mean to put it into perspective i mean look it is set uh, in the sort of um t- 20s um at the end of the irish civil war so you know, yeah. these are people that have gone through war yeah it's not mentioned or talked about, but you have to wonder what are the things that are underlying these kind of behaviours. I said, the end of the film is incredibly disturbing, very, yeah, very dark. it's
1: awful. And Patrick, or Patrick, as they say, um, was started off as a really nice person, and everyone thought he was the nicest person they'd ever met, meet. And, uh, and throughout the film, we see that decline through the fact that he's really hurt by Colm. Yes. Um, or Colm, whatever his name is. Um, and it's really uh, quite disturbing to see. And th- there is no reason for him cutting off the friendship because he says he still loves him, he still cares for him. And in actual fact, he shows him along the way when he's bullied by other people that, that he actually does care. But he just decides one day that he doesn't want to hang out with him anymore, even though there's only one pub in town and they attend that pub all day, every day. It's quite hard to do. Um yeah, it's a. It was a pointless, pointless film for me. Although it was beautifully shot, beautifully acted, um, but just the crappy screenplay. I felt. I felt. So, <laughs> I kind yeah. of felt so too. Look, yeah, I'm, I. I'm going to be give
2: it a generous two and a half stars because you I right, think for generous. the things that you described, the cinematography is fabulous, the acting's great, the script itself is boring.
1: It's a boring script. It's a, and, but it's film. a Pointless script. I a mean, you know, film. it's boring film, and it's just too dark for me. I don't like... Look, and the, You know, if there's a, a point to the darkness, I get it, but not for this one. Anyway, so there was no backstory, like you said, about the Civil War or anything like that. There was still going on. You could see the cannons going off and everything in the distance. Um, yeah, uh, look... I was going to give it one, but for the acting, I'm going to give it two because it was brilliant. for the accents, brilliant. I'll give it the extra half, two and a yep. half. Yeah, So we've been and seen
2: four, well, four, one show and three movies, Kimmy. Before we bring it home with the song and we're going to play the Pogues, how can you not have an Irish film without
1: playing the Pogues? Well, that's what I thought. Obviously, our winner today... Love Me Season Two. I mean, it, it's it's just up there, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely brilliant. Nine point five. Yeah, Australian
2: drama filmed here in Melbourne. Yep. It lands on binge on the sixth of um, April, April, just after yep. Easter. Yep. So if you, if you've got the school holidays and the kids are driving you crazy and it's raining, yeah, it's a great show to watch. So go and binge. Yeah. Go and binge that show, Love Me, and watch
1: season one right now. And as I said, it stars you know some um, brilliant Aussie talent. Oh, drama. What's better than an Aussie drama, really? Loved it. Um, equal Second were both Empire of Light and The Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, biopic. Um, and, and I think we both said they're both very watchable films. Yeah, they are. They're, they're watchable, good films. Um, nice. Yeah, nice films. Yeah. I, actually loved, I actually actually truly loved both of them. But, uh, you know, like I said, three and a half is a really good score. It is indeed. And unfortunately, the Oscar nominee came last. It did. Uh, with a four and a half. And that was only because you put the extra half a point. on. I was being Otherwise, very, very generous. still didn't make the cut though. But <laughs> well, it's been good to be back here, the girls on Fairmont mm. Radio, Karen.
2: We're back again in a fortnight's time because, um, of course, next weekend is Easter weekend, and That's we will it. Uh, back in uh, back then. But let's go out with the bang. Let's have I'm a man
1: you don't meet uh, every every day. Thank you, uh, the Pogues. Here on... This was actually sung by the cast in the pub, so we're going to hear the Pogues version of it. Oh, I'd have liked the cast in the pub's version. No. Wasn't all that long. After a few
2: beers. (laughs) (laughs) Girls on Film here on Radio Caram. Local people, local
1: stories. See you next week.
0: Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune into my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Radio Caram.